Hi there. You're listening to the Decide Already podcast. I'm life coach Michelle Davis, and this is where I share all of my best tools and tips for creating the life of your dreams, one you'll love. And I'm talking every area, love, fun, relationships, health, money, career, yes, every area. I'm so happy that you're here. So what are you waiting for? Decide already, and let's get to it. Hi there. Have you ever felt like things are so bad that they will never be good again? Or that you're so sad that you wonder if you will ever be happy again? Or what about when things are so good that it can't possibly last forever? And because you are so happy, you're scared to really feel it because you're afraid of getting hurt when the end comes. Well, even though it seems like these feelings are on opposite ends of the spectrum, both sides are actually coming from having left the present moment. Now, if you're a group member on Facebook for the Decide Already group for women, you might have seen the Triple T Tuesday. The Triple T stands for Two Women, Tea, and Thoughts. And a few of them ago, I had my daughter with me. It's a little short video where I asked her if she knew what it meant to leave the present moment. It was based on the previous podcast, and it was just a question I threw out while we were having the tea moment, and I wanted to see what she would say. I wanted to see what she knew. And to my surprise, she answered something like, um, I think it means future thinking or past thinking. And I was like, uh, yes, that's exactly what it means. I was so impressed. And that episode was very cool. So if you missed it, check it out. And I bring this up just to reiterate and remind you, because I've said it before, that the future and past thinking simply means that you have left this present moment and are now operating, feeling from a place in the future that doesn't actually exist or a place in the past that no longer exists. (laughs) And the problem with both of these is that you're no longer experiencing what's actually happening. You are no longer present to the moment. So back to those questions. Do you ever feel like things are so bad they're never going to be good again? Or that you're so happy and afraid that it's going to end, that you don't ever let yourself really feel it. You know, for some of us, it's a real rude awakening to really realize that everything comes to an end. But why some situations throw us for a loop and others don't, that's the real question. I mean, roller coaster rides come to an end, but do those that like them go on only one and then never go on one again? And the same with family vacations or a laughter-filled dinner with friends. We don't decide that since it ended that we are never going to get to or let ourselves experience them again, do we? No, of course not. And that's probably because we know we can go on the ride again and do another vacation or another dinner, right? But then it's the ones that end that we weren't ready for, like the loss of a loved one or the end of a relationship, or that unexpected career change 
we don't seem to get over those in the same way because we know that their ending means that things will change and maybe we don't want them to change or like I said, we weren't ready for them to change. It reminds me of when I fell into a relationship with a man shortly after I was divorced from my first husband. I've often said that this relationship, this man was the love of my life. And I held on to that thought about that relationship for a long time because it was such a special relationship. We were inseparable. We were the same in so many ways. We both liked to cuddle all night long. So we would be wrapped up in each other and slept like that all night long. And I love that. We would even shower together in the mornings and get ready and talk about the day as we did that. And we made breakfast with each other. And he loved my son. Boy, did he love my son. He treated him like his own. He taught him how to fly his first kite, how to ride his first bike. He was just involved in all ways. He was in the military and was ready for another assignment. And when it was time to take that next assignment, he even chose an assignment close to where my family is from so that I could get back home. My first husband was also an officer in the military. And so I was still living where I had become divorced. And this man knew how much I wanted to get back to my family. And he made that happen even. It was amazing. So here we are, fast forward a couple of years, and I'm thinking, time to get married here, you know? I mean, what else could we want? We're so happy. I mean, I was so happy every day, just so happy. And he was so happy. I'm thinking any moment now, this is going to get brought up, and it wasn't getting brought up that we should get married. We should make this official. I don't know if you know anything about the military, but they're always having dining outs and things like that. So dining outs is when you would bring your significant other. And I remember that we went to one of these dining outs. And so I've got my gown on and it's this whole big ordeal. And he's got his, you know, they dress in their fancy uniforms and we show up. It's time to go to the table to be seated for dinner. And as we walk over to the table, I notice that my place setting simply says, guest of, and then it had his name. And I thought, wow, I'm just his guest. Wow. You know, and that's the first time that it really struck me that I'm just a guest. I'm not his wife. I'm not, there's no designation for girlfriend. There's no designation for having been together for two years. I'm just his guest. And it's still hurts me today. Even as I talk about this, it's surprising that I'm getting a little choked up thinking about it, but it was a painful moment that I realized that I wasn't being honored the way that I felt that I deserved and I wanted to be. And it wasn't his fault. I mean, we had never talked about it. So I thought to myself, okay, this is bothering you. I was pretty bothered for the evening and I had to act like I was good. And the next morning I said to him, We've been together two years. When are we getting married? I want to talk about that. This is something I think it's time that we talk about it. And he looked at me with this look on his face. And he said, I, uh, I don't ever, I don't want to get married. <laughs> and I will tell you, I, 
I can imagine that. Back then, I really couldn't imagine that because I really thought this is how it works, right? You meet the right guy, you fall in love with the right guy, and then they, everybody wants to get married, then everybody wants to have kids, and then everybody lives happily, happily ever after, and this is how it works. This is just my young girl, you know, never been anywhere in the world, kind of thinking this is how it was going to work, right? The next step is you just get married. Well, he did not ever want to get married or ever have children which was another stab in my heart because I desperately wanted more children. I, that was a deal breaker. I had to have more kids. I already knew that I wanted more kids. I had one son from my first marriage and that marriage ended because of some issues that were out of my control that were unforgivable and didn't mean that I didn't want to be married or have kids. It just meant that that person that I was with wasn't going to work there. So here I am with this wonderful man who is perfect in every way, and I'm not even exaggerating. And then it comes down to, he doesn't want to get married or have kids. An assumption that I I thought that everybody would, that we never talked about it. And he said that he thought since I had been in such a bad marriage, and I already had a child, that I was probably pretty good. And I never brought it up, so he didn't worry about it. And here we are. Talk about assuming, right? Well, we had some conversations, but I do have to say that I am so grateful for his honesty, even though at the time it was very painful. I'm glad he didn't just say, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I can work on it, or we'll figure it out, or someday, like some people do. I I can't say enough how grateful I am that he knew who he was and knew what was for him, and he loved me enough to be honest with me. And I remember him saying, I don't understand though. Aren't you happy? Aren't you happy? And I said, I am happy. Yes, that's what's killing me is I'm so happy, but I have more children coming for me. I can feel them. I don't know how to explain it to you, but I have more children that are coming. And with that, I think it threw him uh, into a little bit of a depression and me into a deep depression. We both went through our own things and I had to move out. I had to leave a relationship that had no issues other than we just weren't agreeing on how it needed to move forward. So I bring this up to say that it took me so long to process this. I probably cried myself to sleep for weeks, weeks and weeks. And every day I struggled. I had a son. I was a single mom. I did find a place to live and Luckily, I had met my best friend at that right at that exact time. I think God sent her so that I had that to lean on, but the work was still for me to do. And I can remember brushing my teeth at night and looking at myself and thinking, am I ever going to do this and not be crying? Am I, when will it ever stop? Will I ever be happy again? This is, oh my gosh, it was so bad. Well, it did take a long time. I want to say, I don't know, I remember one night out of the blue where I was doing something and I realized suddenly that I hadn't cried that day. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm coming out of it. I'm coming out of it. I'm I'm making it. I'm going to make it. And I will tell you that it made me very strong to survive that. There wasn't a relationship after that that I think could have hurt me 
in that way. I wasn't afraid if a relationship ended because I knew I had survived one that ended in a way that really rocked me to my core and I survived it. So what do you do when you have no control over that? I couldn't make him want to have kids or get married. What do you do when you can't make somebody be what you want? You can't do anything. You can't change it. When somebody dies that you love and you know that that means you're never going to see them physically again. I mean, you can't, you're never going to hold them again. You can't change that. You can't change a career that maybe the company goes out of business or maybe you get fired or something changes and you've lost this job. And now what do you do with yourself? You can't change what happened there. The only thing you can change is yourself. Change happens on the inside. So what do you do when you can't change the situation anymore? And you have to move forward differently or without someone or without something, you know, There's a famous quote from Viktor Frankl that says, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. And that's the real challenge. That's the real strength that I acquired was from the challenge to change myself. He also said that everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. And I'm not going to say that choice is easy. I'm not going to say maintaining that attitude is easy. It's not. Sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes it's almost more pain than you think you can bear. And you think you can't get past it. But you can. First of all, you have to notice your thinking. I say this all the time. You're thinking, you're thinking. Notice what you are thinking. You know, when I've had times like this, now I've had situations that have happened since that one where uh, it threw me, but I know now new tools that I use. And one of them is to write out to exhaustion all of your thoughts, everything. Some people call this a dark night. You're going to have a dark night where it's just, you're just going to dump all the darkness out of you. Everything that you're thinking and all the yucky things that you're feeling, you write it all out. And you do do it to exhaustion. You do it till there's nothing left. And sometimes I will sit with the pen and the paper for like, I don't know, 15, 20, 30 minutes until nothing's coming anymore. I know I'm done. And then you look at it. You look at what you wrote. I don't always look at it the same day. Sometimes I wait and look at the next day because usually I am very exhausted when I've gone through that process and I don't have what it takes to deal with it. But at some point, as soon as you can, look at what you've written and you may need to get some help working through unraveling some of your thoughts, getting them off of you. I've taught this before that you ask each of those sentences, you ask them each a validating question, like, how do you know this is a true statement? I'm never going to be happy again. Do you know that's a true statement? Of course not. You will be happy again. Maybe not right now. You know, you're not happy right now, (laughs) but you want to get back into the present moment. So these thoughts need to get out of your mind and into a place where you can deal with them. And in the present moment, you will feel calm. 
When you feel sadness, you are not in the present moment. You are in the past. When you feel fear, you are in the future. When you are actually in the present moment, what is actually happening, you will feel calm. Even in those times when it feels and looks really bad, and there's a lot of people that are going through that right now with what's been happening in the world for all of last year, still going on this year, brand new year, but it's still going on. It's really important to stay present, my friends, stay present. You know, you can look at your five senses, go through all of them and try to get yourself present. Take those deep breaths in and out, in and out. Keep yourself present. I love those different apps that remind you throughout the day to breathe. I know that uh, all the smartphones have apps where it reminds you to breathe or what's that one app, the Daily Calm. I like that one too. I think it's a yearly fee. It's not very expensive, but it will post uh, meditation every day. And then you can always go to it at any time. There's all these different wonderful backgrounds like a fireplace or an ocean or the wind or the rain. And you can just listen to that and calm yourself down and get back to present. The trick is, is to pay attention to your thoughts, stay present and keep moving forward. It's about being a part of the journey that counts feeling into it, surviving it, thriving in it. I want to repeat that feeling into it. Feel it. Don't try to push it aside. Don't try to um, cover it up with other things like eating or drinking or shopping or although I like shopping, but you know what I'm saying. Try to just be with it. Be in the present moment and be there and feel it. What am I feeling write that out. It's telling you something. There's something in there that you need to work on. It's triggering you. Look at it. Don't let it operate under there and operate under your life. It will affect the next relationships, the next job, the next time these things come, it will affect that. That's all the stuff that your brain is throwing out at you. All that self-talk that keeps you in the past and the future. So deal with it now. Let it come. You will survive it. You are tough enough. I know you can do it. These things do happen in our lives, but it's a part of our journey. Would I change that? Would I go back if he would have said, okay, I do want to get married. I do want kids. Yay, rah, rah. Would I go back there? No, I wouldn't go back there. I wouldn't give up the kids I have now for him. The life I have now, I would not give up to go back there. But I didn't know that back then. I didn't know what was coming for me. I knew I felt my kids, but the life I've had, I would not give that up. And the problem is, is we can't see that going forward. (laughs) But your life is moving you. And as long as you are moving forward, you are moving in the right direction. Don't get stuck living in the past, wishing it could be different or looking at the future and being terrified that you can't move. And like it always is, it's all up to you. It's all up to your perceptions, your attitude, your decisions. And like all things, this episode is coming to an end. And as always, thank you for making me part of your day. I look forward to meeting you on the next one. 
That's it for this week's episode of Decide Already, a grown-ass woman's podcast. Remember to visit my website at www.decidealreadypodcast.com, where you can subscribe and download the show so you'll never miss an episode. I invite you to join the Decide Already group for women on Facebook or LinkedIn to stay connected with me and have access to all the units and postings that go along with my episodes. Please be sure to share this podcast with the other women in your life as well. I'm Michelle Davis. Thanks for joining me. Until the next episode, I'm sending out a whole bunch of love. Take care, stay safe, and God bless.